Our Bible passage this morning comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we'll go a little bit into chapter 6. You can find it on page 1,799 in your pew Bibles. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll start at verse 11. The ministry of reconciliation. Since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We tried to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, it is for the sake of God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, In the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Thus far the reading. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, today we have installed Pastor Jacob Boer to be the minister of the Word and Sacraments in the Bethel Christian Reformed Church. And as a, a pastor, he is a preacher, he is a teacher, he is a counselor, um, he visits the sick, he visits the members of the congregation, and so there's a wide, wide range of activities that a pastor is called to be involved with. But this morning, I want to kind of single one word, and that is that he is an ambassador. Now, all of us, in a sense, and we're going to see that also, that as a congregation, we are to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ, but I want to single out that Jacob, and, and we, in, in terms of the installation, you may have seen that word there also, that he is to be an ambassador. Now, what is an ambassador? 
And actually, there is kind of a modern-day understanding of what ambassadors are, but there's also the understanding of an ambassador during the time that Paul wrote. And those are kind of two different understandings, and I'd like to get at that. First of all, on a modern-day experience, what is an ambassador? Well, an ambassador, of course, is the official representation, representative of one country in another country. And so Canada has, has ambassadors in many countries, but let's just, for, uh, for, for argument's sake, Canada has an ambassador to the United States, to Washington, D.C. Now, first of all, an ambassador needs to present his credentials to the host country. And so the host country is able to say, no, we don't want you as an ambassador, and then he's not going to be an ambassador. But normally, the countries accept the credentials. Now, what makes for a good ambassador? Well, I read somewhere what really makes a good ambassador is that an ambassador is able to throw really good parties. And, um, and why is that? Because you see, as an ambassador, you want to get to know the people in power. You want to get to know the senators. You don't want to get to know the congressmen and, and women. You want to get to know the Supreme Court justice. You want to get to know the administrative uh, people. And so, and you want to hobnob with them because you want, the, in this case, the United States to treat you well. You don't want barriers so that people are standing in line at borders for hours. You want them able to get through. You want trade to go well. You don't want any tariffs to be on your steel products and all of those types of things. And so you hobnob, you try to make all of those connections. And so, therefore, uh, good parties and, and people want to come, you, you make those uh, connections. One thing an ambassador should not do, and that is criticize the other country. So if, for example, if the Canadian ambassador would publicly say, you know, United States, your healthcare system stinks. Well, that would not go over well at all. Or if, if your gun lobbies, if your, your gun regulations, you should get rid of the NRA, again, that would... Maybe there's some truth to that, but that would not go over very well, and the ambassador would not last very long. And so that's, that's a modern-day ambassador. Now, does that reflect at all what Jacob is to be here in this congregation? Well, sadly, I think in some ways that's kind of our understanding Suppose now we consider Jacob to be the ambassador of Jesus Christ, the ambassador of God, the ambassador of his kingdom, and now he's an ambassador to this congregation. First of all, he needs to present his credentials, and that's in a sense what we did today. And so there is this kind of understanding that, well, he is here at the behest of this congregation. We're the ones who call the shots. And as long as he pulls his weight, as long as we like him, as long as what he says, we, he, uh, what, you know, we, we, we want to, we appreciate him, he's here. But if that would change, if he would criticize us too much, or if we, if we, 
if we don't like what he says, well, then we have the power to say, well, go take a hike, go somewhere else. You see, that's kind of the understanding that we have of, 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 of preachers, of, of ambassadors. You see, we want, we want God to be reconciled to us. We want Pastor Jake to put a nice front for God to us. And if we like what we hear, then, well, we will come to church, we will pay the tithes, and, and we will support him. But if it doesn't, if he doesn't, then things may change. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but yet that's sometimes the way we look at our pastors. Today is Palm Sunday. Today we remember people acknowledging Hosanna, that he is the king of kings. He enters, he enters into Jerusalem. And the people are euphoric because things are going to happen. Can you imagine a leader like Jesus? If he's fighting with an army and the army gets hungry, all he needs is a couple of five loaves and a couple of fish, and he's able to feed 5,000 with food left over. If someone cuts off somebody, somebody's ear, he'll pick it up and attach it again, or an arm, or whatever it might be. Even, even if somebody would be killed, he would be able to take up the person's hand and say, come on up, carry on, and the person would be revived. Can you imagine can you imagine a leader like that? No wonder they took their clothes off. No wonder they, they welcomed him with open arms. He was going to comply with their desires, their wishes. But in a few days, as they observed Jesus standing there, not saying a word, finally they said, this guy is useless. Crucify him. Crucify him. He has so disappointed us. They observed Jesus from a worldly point of view. He was a loser. He was one who, who was, was, was crucified like a common criminal. But, says our passage here, we no longer view Christ in that way. Why? Because he conquered sin in that process. He conquered death. He is the victor. He has established his kingdom. And now we look at Jesus in a whole other viewpoint. He is establishing his kingdom. And you see, now, now in that kingdom, God has established ambassadors. He has established people to, to proclaim that kingdom. And now we get a little bit of an understanding of what ambassadors were to be in this day and age, which Paul is writing. You see, in this day and age, the Romans were the great, they were the superpower. 
and they would knock over nations, and then they would send ambassadors into those countries. For example, Israel. I mean, they, they, were, they were conquered. They were part of the Roman Empire. And so ambassadors would be sent. And what was the role of those ambassadors? To, to encourage the people to accept the Roman ways. Rome was not going to be reconciled to the conquered nations. No, the conquered nations had to be reconciled to Rome. That's, that's the process. Now, of course, there are many nations that, that wouldn't do that. But ambassadors went to make their appeal. Look, this is Roman law. This is the best law that you could ever have in the world. And so you, you, need to, you need to abide by that law. Testify that Caesar is Lord. And Caesar is the one who grants you salvation, grants you life. Caesar is, is the victorious one. You see, that's, that's what ambassadors were supposed to do. They, they were, it wasn't a matter of not criticizing or whatever. No, they were to represent Rome to these conquered nations. Now, you see, that's what we have to understand when we say that God sends his ambassadors. No, not on behalf of Rome, of course, because we no longer view Christ from a human point of view. He is the victor. He is, he is the one who is establishing his kingdom. He is the one who is making his whole creation new. Verse 17, you are a new creation. And now, now as a new creation, you are to be reconciled to God. God not being reconciled to you, but you, we, being reconciled to God. And that is not always easy. Because we have this tendency, like we just saw in, you know, in the, in the, in, with the Israelites in terms of Rome. We don't want to submit to Rome. And so also, if, as we examine my heart, as I examine my heart, I don't always want to e e submit to Jesus. I don't always want to submit to his kingdom. I want to go to my own way. But therefore, God sends ambassadors and pleads with us. Be reconciled to God. And what is reconciliation? Well, reconciliation is when, when two, uh, sometimes opposing sides, when they, they become one. You know, we, we have it in labor negotiations where the postal workers, they go on strike or, or whatever, and so the mediators come in and, and there's reconciliation. But reconciliation is a lot more than just simply accepting um, accepting a new wage a wage agreement. No, true reconciliation would come when, when the postal workers would say, you know, there's Canada Post, and I'm proud to be working for that company. You know, when there's a deep appreciation and where Canada Post says, you know, we need to, we want to take care of our workers and, and support them, then there is true reconciliation. We use it in sometimes in terms of, in, 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 
marital disputes and when sometimes marriages are, are, are on the rocks and we're looking, for, we're looking for reconciliation. And it's not just simply that finally they might agree to live again under the, in, in the same house. No, true reconciliation happens when, when there's deep, deep love and deep, deep appreciation for each other. There goes my wife. There goes my husband. I'm so thankful to be um, his, his wife. I'm so thankful to be her husband. You see, that's, that's when reconciliation takes place. And so now, now with this proclamation that, that we no longer view Christ in this, no, he is the victorious one. That reconciliation is when we deeply appreciate Jesus. When we almost, in, in, in some ways, become one with Jesus. When, 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 when Pastor Jake is, is, is working and preaching amongst, as, his, as the ambassador, we see Jesus. That's, that's, that's what we are, that's what, what is, that, that's the process that is happening here as God appoints a new ambassador for, for Bethel Church. And again, again, sometimes we, we don't want to submit. And we see what, we see rebelliousness, we see greed, we, we see uh, infighting, we see all of those things. But we also see when, when, people, when people recognize the kingdom and want to be part of that kingdom where love grows, where, where children thrive and, and where families thrive. We, 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 see, we see snippets of that kingdom. And so this, this is what God is doing as he establishes his, his kingdom amongst us. And so it is possible, it is possible, Pastor Jake, that, that there are times when, you know, when you, when you represent the kingdom of God that, that people may, may push back. And we want to curry favor. I know I want to curry favor with, with, with the people. I know that. But we also need to hear the voice of God because as the people are pushing back, maybe you hear the voice of God saying, well done, thou good and faithful Savior, Jacob. The good and faithful servant Jacob Boer, and so we need to recognize these things. And so maybe just in in conclusion, let me note just a couple of practical things. First of all, um, to to the congregation at Bethel, you know, um, it is said you maybe heard this too, that a pastor's job is to um, to comfort the afflicted, but also to afflict the comfortable. And when we are afflicted, we don't like that. And sometimes we, we like to shoot the messenger. But I encourage you to at least count to ten. At least ask yourself, is this, as I look at Jesus, not from a worldly point of view, but from a heavenly point of view, is he trying to say something to me? 
deep down into my soul? You see, at least recognize that. This was a day and age when, um, when there were a lot of false teachers going around. And especially false teachers who, who, um, who, who were rather glib, who, who could speak very well, who looked very well, who were very healthy, and they were not like Paul at all. Paul, who seemed to have the thorn in the side or whatever that might be. Some people speculate that, that he had bad eyesight. Some people speculate that he was a rather boring speaker. Um, you know, Eutychus, uh, listening to him, kind of fell out the window. He fell asleep as, as, as Paul was preaching. And so, and, and so but then what, is, what do we read here in, in verse uh, 12? You know, the opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. And so, you see, so many people, they look at what is seen. There is a debonair. There is somebody who's, who's really gifted. There, we're going to follow. But look, look for not to what is seen, but look to what is in the heart. I don't know you very well, um, Pastor Jake, but I think I know you well enough to have seen a glimpse of your heart. There's a strong, strong desire that, that people may know Jesus and that not only within this congregation but also within, within the community. And so please look to his heart. That, he may have the Toronto Maple Leaf flag in his <laughs> office. Um, but that's not important to him that, that, that you would switch allegiances to the maple leaf. But, but, that, you had, but that you do embrace Jesus. That's what is in his heart. That's, that's what he is called as an ambassador to. And so, and so I would hope, Pastor Jake, that, that you with passion re- recognize who you are. You are a new creation. You have been called as an ambassador to this country. Yes, in this work, um, this, is, this is your job and, and, and you, you get a salary and you put food on the table. I, I, I realize all of that, but deep down that it is a calling and that people may see, may see your passion. And may, may you, as, as we no longer recognize Jesus as the world did. You know, the world that said, crucify him, he's a loser. No, we don't, rec- we now see him as the winner. We see him as the victor. Don't recognize people in the same, in, in a worldly way. Recognize in the poor. Recognize in the grieving. Recognize in the yearning. Recognize in all peoples the possibilities that of, 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 of what Christ is able to do in people's lives. I know sometimes I'm guilty of, of pigeonholing people and, and so, yeah, this is who they are and, and they'll never change. But Christ is able to change us. And so with that faith to go out and work in the congregation, to work in the community as an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And so he is called to be an ambassador so that we may be ambassadors, that we may represent Christ and his kingdom. We have been people who have been taught to pray, 
your kingdom come. Your will be done. And so as Pastor Boer equips us from Sunday to Sunday, that we may go out and be these ambassadors. Congregation, let us rejoice in this day, for there is a new ambassador in our midst, so that we also may be ambassadors of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. Amen. We'll sing now together uh, for the glory.